Welcome to EMG Transformations with Dan Stoll. Each episode will empower you to ignite your inner fire and provide methods to maximize your mental and physical performance. Buckle up and get ready to spark your transformation with Nova Fusion. Welcome to EMG Transformations. Today I have the honor to introduce you guys to Ian Kenrick. Ian graduated from Hillsdale College with a major in finance and minor in psychology. He is also the creator and podcast host of Ion Motive, is a self-improvement platform to help take charge of your mindset, mental health, and character. I met Ian through a mutual friend and we immediately kicked it off as we have similar values and mindsets. I look up to his kindness, perseverance, and willingness to do the right thing. I'm grateful we crossed paths and look forward to continue growing together as we both step into new chapters of our lives. Thank you for taking time to be here today. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all, man. I appreciate the kind words. I uh, I was actually just talking to my dad yesterday. I was like, man, I have so much in common with this kid and we've actually still not met in person. So I was like, finally getting some warm weather. We'll have to go, uh, you know, go fishing and uh, actually hang out sometime. Yeah, I mean, it's getting warmer. So uh, this is the year that we finally meet in person. And, uh, right. Looking forward to that too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, fun fact about uh, Ian is that your podcast was actually the first podcast that I featured on. And mm-hmm. like, honestly, I've just grown so much since then. So it's really cool to have this like full circle moment and feature you on my podcast now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Uh, and I think, you know, we're both kind of at, we're both at different stages now. So hopefully, uh, you know, what we like to talk about, what we are trying to do is definitely, you know, it's growing with time as well. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, always growing. And that's something that I love about you, too, is you just have that growth mindset to always learn and better yourself and better those around you, too. So that's just um, something that I value in our friendship and you personally. Mm. Oh, yeah, I I value that very much, too, Dan. Yeah. So uh, to get things started here, you're from Heartland, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. Yeah. And that's kind of like a smaller town, if um, if I'm correct. Okay. Yeah, pretty small. Yep. Uh, I mean, Brighton, Howell, a little bit bigger, a couple okay. cities next to it. So. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know, could you give some backstory and kind of enlighten us on what it's like growing up in Michigan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so obviously, like you said, grew up in uh, grew up in Heartland, lived there from the time I was four, you know, nice, nice area, small city. Um, I wouldn't even really call it a city. I'd call it a town. Um, but you know, comfortable community, a lot of good people over there. Uh, had a good, had a good experience all throughout school, really enjoyed high school, played baseball, played football, did pretty well with that, you know, try to participate in a number of different clubs and extracurricular activities. Senior year, I thought I wanted baseball in college. And then I had one of my football coaches ask me, you know, a good chunk of the way into the season, Hey, why don't you go play football? And had never given that a thought at, at all, um, but ended up having a really good senior year, ended up doing that. So that's when I made the decision to go to Hillsdale. I think I probably would have gone there regardless, just because I knew it was a good school. My parents really liked it. Um, 
And I think that was probably one of the best decisions I made. I only played football there for a couple of years because I ended up dealing with some uh, some mental health issues that I hadn't really dealt with since I was younger. So I think it was good for me to you know take the time to step away and um, and focus on myself. And that's when a lot of the podcast, that's when a lot of this growth mindset, that's when all of that kind of came into play. When I really started looking into it, um, and I had always looked into it a little bit, but not as seriously as I did then. You know, that's ultimately what really helped me, I feel like, develop, become the person I am today. And, um, you know, I'm not doing it as much, but I, everything that I learned in that time, everything that I talked about on my podcast is very, very relevant for me and my work now, or just in my life, my relationships. So that was a really good experience. And it was also cool, you know, having not played a sport the last couple of years of college, um, finally got some more free time you know, spent a little more time with friends, got to just enjoy the school aspect, which I honestly probably hadn't done since, you know, second grade, not that, not that playing sports in second grade is some big commitment, but um, it was cool to see the other side of things and uh, really enjoyed school there. Um, Taught me a lot, taught me, I mean, just have, I have a lot of respect for that school. Just, you know, it was very insistent on personal development. Um, Talk a lot about, you know, Greek and Roman philosophies and things like that. So I really appreciate that aspect of the school. Now kind of leads me to where I am right now. I've been working at my uh, my parents' bar. I started as a server uh, last summer, and now I'm the assistant general manager so at the at the Draft Sports Bar and Grill in Swartz Creek. So that's been a good experience. Definitely been challenging, way more stressful than I thought it would be at times. But overall, I think it's cool because a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the uh, a lot of the stuff I learned doing the podcast and reading and discussing with you is very relevant in the work life. So I think that's a, I think that was pretty, pretty helpful. Um, Definitely took some of the stress away and helped me navigate some of the uh, difficulties that we have there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, great backstory there. And it's always Mm -hmm. good to learn more about you. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, two things that kind of like stood out to me is one, when you kind of like left sports and college and I kind of mm-hmm. same thing in high school, actually, it was my junior year. So that was before I got sick and diagnosed. I was still healthy, like a very good mm-hmm. basketball player still. But mm-hmm. my grades always like suffered because I couldn't really manage both or did in one. And I was very interested in right. however right. I put that. But I made that like executive decision. And I had a girlfriend at the time. So that probably encouraged it a little bit as well but um Mm -hmm. that's when I really like started to really look at my life and like take control of my life and what do I Mm want to do when I'm older because at that point I came to the realization that yeah maybe I could play in college but I'm probably not going to make it to the NBA I'm still fighting (laughs) and it's just the odds were kind of against me at that point so that's when life took serious for me and I didn't get into all this personal development stuff yet. I had mm. to, get, well, I didn't have to get sick, but I got sick and that kind of like threw me into that. But mm-hmm. you said that you kind of left sports and then in college, that's when kind of, I don't know if it was the same time, but during college, your mental health crept up on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question is, were sports a good way, like football and just lifting weights? Was that kind of like a way to manage your mental health and then when you stop mm-hmm. playing was it like what do I do now mm-hmm. so I think it was um 
I think definitely, I'd say in high school, yes, because that was what, you know, that's what, like, that's where, like, the kids I still talk to from high school were kids that I played sports with. Like, that was, you know, your way to connect, your way to say mentally healthy. Um, and then when I got to college, and this is on a, you know, talking bad on Hillsdale or anything or other sports programs that they have there, but college sports are just a different animal than high school sports in the sense that they take up much more of your time. You know, it's, it's much more of a commitment. It's a job. And it was diff. I think I found it difficult to try and find some of that alone time, like you said, like try to be a little more introspective um, and try to take care of some things. It was hard to do when you had film, when you had to wake up early to go work out, when you, you know, had a meeting at night, when you had practice, when you had all these things. It it was tough to do multiple things at once. And it just got to a point where it felt like a burden going in and in doing that, trying to participate in football. So that's when I was like, okay, you know, this isn't, this isn't what it's not serving me like it used to. I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. Um, and there were parts of it that I absolutely loved. Like I loved working out with everybody. I loved seeing the guys, but I still needed that time to figure some things out for myself to try and, you know, think about life and things like that. So that's when I stepped away, but you know, the physical activity was always a big part of it for me. So I still stayed working out. Honestly, that's probably when I worked out the hardest was right after I quit. So that was, so that was very beneficial. That kept me, kept the the physical aspect in my life. But for mo most of it was, you know, it was just so much at once yeah. that I just needed to step away and have some quiet time for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And that quiet time can be some of the most valuable time for ourselves mm -hmm. when we're just not bombarded with everything and we can just mm. sit with our thoughts and really prioritize like, who am I? What do I want to do with my life? And just a mm -hmm. answer fundamental questions that mm -hmm. don't take time to do like in a journal or something. But if you do, like it can set up the direction of your entire life or maybe mm -hmm. like the next three months or the next three years. But as long as you get right. in a right direction, I think that's uh Kind of like the value of it, at least for me. Mm. And yeah, I agree. I think the uh, it's kind of crazy because I, I've told um, you know I've told, I've talked about I've talked to people about this before, but it's I think that everybody needs that time. Probably you know in the span that we had it, whether you're 18, whether you're 22, like at some point you've got to have you've got to have that time to make sure try to get your life on track. But unfortunately, the reason that you know you and I went through it. It's because one, you had Crohn's disease and two, I was dealing with anxiety and things like that. So it, it's like weird that you almost need some kind of negative event um, to trigger. Like I can think of my friends who kind of had their own little period. Um, it was like a breakup for them. You know, mm -hmm. they like it was just like this sudden event that completely changed you know, your day to day activities. So yeah. it, that, it's, it's like weird because you can't just be like, oh, I need to start doing this. You know, it's almost like you need something to happen for you to, to really start working on yourself in that sense. Yeah. And you know, this actually just reminds me, I was in New York recently and I had the mm. chance to talk with Jen Gottlieb, very successful uh, keynote speaker. And I asked her that same question because that comes up so much. I'm like, I've always noticed with people that we wait for the events to happen and then we change. Mm. And something right. I on the podcast is like, we don't have to do that. But right. 
it's like, how do you really get people to think that way and then take the steps forward to change their mm-hmm. life? And what she said to me is she's like, focus on your dreams and just lean into the things that you really want. And mm-hmm. the reason that I feel like people don't do that is just because they don't have the clarity as simple. Right. As but mm-hmm. um, she was just saying, like, lean into the things that make you feel good, make you smile. And like, you just wake up and you're excited for it. and mm-hmm. those are the things that you should be pursuing and live every day like it's your last. And she was just right. telling me to like, just focus on all of the good. And it's like opposite perspective. I'm like, we have to go through <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. So I, I do interesting perspective. Yeah, I, I agree a lot with it. And I think that's one of the reasons that on my podcast, although I'm not doing so much anymore, I uh I love talking about the idea of vision. Like mm-hmm. that was always the thought. That's the, kind of what I came to the realization of is that if okay, if I have this vision, like you said, with crystal clear clarity, then I know how to act today. Like, okay, if I have this goal or this is the person I want to be, and I'm constantly thinking about that, then when an opportunity or a situation arises, I can, you know, if you keep, if you have that vision in mind, then you know what to do in that situation. Like I can think of like, okay, like one to be more specific and a little more concrete. I am not a confrontational person at all. A lot, you know, and I, and like, it's good. Like I'm a kind person, but there's times where, you know, get walked over or whatever. And, uh, you know, so like, okay, I want to be a bit more confrontational. Like I want to, you know, because that's just part of leadership, like part of being a manager. Like you have to tell, sometimes you got to tell people what to do. And that's the aspect like I hate most. Like I hate having to do that. But I know it's, you know, it's part of the job and it's just, it's good for life. And uh, so I was constantly thinking about that. And then I knew when situations came up, like we had to fire somebody. And I wasn't told that I had to fire the person, but I volunteered to do it because I'm like, damn it, that's one of the situations. <laughs> like that's that I as soon as I as soon as the 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 problem came up, it was like, oh, okay, I should probably I should probably do this because I know it's uncomfortable, but it's going to help me in the long run. And I think the same thing works with your goals. You know, like if you know whatever whatever your goal is, if you want to you know have a million dollars or you know what you know some basic financial goal, then you kind of start training your mind to recognize opportunities, whether it's, you know, a new job, whether it's something, anything to help you develop and and reach that goal. I think when you're constantly reminding yourself of it and really living in your dream every day and thinking about the good, then um, it's easier to stay focused that way. Yeah. I love that you touched on the vision. That was actually one of my questions. uh, Okay. But we'll just cover it here. I like to think of vision as like a North star and you were saying like all of your decisions kind of like lead to that North star. I guess my question is like, do you have any tips for anyone to really like construct their vision and put the pieces together on what that might look like for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately I should have, I should have like read and checked on like, I know I'll miss some of like the good points I had on my podcast. I should have looked over them. You know, I think one of the things is taking a little bit of time each day to to try to remind yourself of it i know that's pretty basic but like one of the things that like i really want out of life one because i think it's a good investment opportunity and one because i just know that's what i love doing is having like a uh you know having some kind of rental property like an up north cabin a lot of times i come home from work and i'm like exhausted 
And this is just like, I just want to look at, it. I'll pull up Zillow and see, all right, are there any new, not even that I have the money to buy one or anything like that, but I'm scrolling through cabins and seeing what they have. So I, I'm like thinking about it all the time. And then because of it, you know, I'm figuring out ways how I can get that or like, you know, like I'm thinking, okay, if I stay at the bar, then, you know, how, what is my role going to be? And how am I going to fund this? How am I going to make this happen? Is there something else I need to do? Do I need to start working on the podcast again or trying to do something else to try to make that goal of getting a cabin a reality? Um, so I think that's very important, taking time to remind yourself. But also with that, you have to be present. So, uh, you know, I usually do, I try to do something like that at night. Like I try to reflect. And then in the morning, I think about what I'm thankful for, right? Because I think you can't be so forward thinking all the time where all you're focusing on is what's six months from now, what's a year from now. Cause you know, there was, I mean, in high school or in college, all I wanted to do was graduate and now I've graduated. And now all I want to do is work on the, you know, my actual like life goals. But I think one of the best ways to stay present is to work on your vision. Like to me, there's nothing more enjoyable. Like I spend my days, I try to spend as much as my days um, working on those goals you know, like that's what I enjoy. And I think the only way that you can do that is if you have a crystal clear vision. So I could go into that with a little bit more detail. It's not going to be something that happens overnight. One of the things you have to do, like if you're like, I have some kind of sense of a goal. One of the things you have to do is just try multiple things. You got to see what works for you, what you enjoy, you know, because even if it's not 100% what you want, but you're like, oh, it's kind of like this, but I'm a little off track. Well, okay, then from there, you try the next thing and that might not be perfect, but if you keep trying things over and over, like slowly, but surely you'll get to, you'll get to the, the crystal clear vision. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, if you're just sitting around in your room and you're not really like, if you're not trying things, you know, your dreams aren't just going to come to you. Like you got to put yourself out in the world and see what it is you want. It's really just a process of trial and error. I feel with that. But then once you have, an idea of your vision, you gotta, you gotta get specific with it because I think the specifics is what, is what drives you. The specifics are what motivate you. You know, a lot of people want to have money. Okay. But what does that mean? Like, that's why I kind of nailed the idea of like an up North cabin. Yeah. Like one, it's an investment opportunity, but I'm not all that motivated by money. Like I don't really care at the end of the day, like that would be a place that I could take my family. I could go fish. I could go relax. I could grow. I, you know, my kids could grow up there. Like that's to me, like I was thinking about that, thinking about enjoying that time. Like that's what actually matters. So it's really finding out what, what you value and how to make that align with the end goal. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think you broke that down perfectly. Um, <laughs> okay. Like idea of trial and error and navigating. In my head, I'm visual, so I, I think you got that like North Star, and you're trying something here. Right. It's not right, so you go this way, you right. go this way and then you eventually get to that top, and um, it's almost balancing like a long-term perspective with staying in the present moment and taking mm -hmm. the actions to follow through and get to that higher, that long-term vision. So for me, at least, I think it's just having that balance and then... Mm -hmm having clarity like you said and don't be afraid to try and fail and then figure more mm. things out because you're just going to learn more about yourself and grow as a human each time yeah. and so I, I i love the way you broke that down to um kind of like backtrack a minute 
when did you start your personal development journey? Yeah, you know, what's funny is uh, I remember when I was like 12 years old watching Les Brown and Eric Thomas and those guys. Honestly, I probably was younger and uh, and I loved it then. So I knew it was like it was like always in the back of my mind. But I'm like, OK, these guys are like literally homeless, you know, like they've gone through some serious crap. Like, who am I to go, you know, become a motivational speaker? Like I have, you know, had a, had a very good childhood. Like I've had a very good life, you know, I'm not gonna, like, I don't have that story. Um, and not that you need it, but that was my mindset at a young age. I think in, in high school, it wasn't so much spending uh, as much time on my own as it was. I think the way that I really tried to develop, not maybe, and maybe not, I don't think this was my own intention necessarily, but it was just, I had hung out with people who were trying to do the same thing. So like my, I'll think of, you know, my buddy, Tommy and Matt, Tommy, I played football with it. Like we worked out and we worked out for football. We both played football and baseball. You know, we were like always each other's throwing partner. We would lift out together or, or work out together. Um, and I think we both wanted to do well. And we, we, whether explicitly or not kind of held each other accountable. Cause I knew like, if he was going to work out, like I should have been there. And I'm sure he felt the, sh the same where if like, if I was going to work out, he should have been there. Um, and then same thing with my buddy, Matt, it was kind of interesting because he, so he had Crohn's disease, actually. His, I don't know if you remember, he was one of the ones on my podcast. He had Crohn's a couple of years earlier than you did. He was like, and he was probably like eighth or ninth grade, like very, very fit kid. And then we saw him in the summer, um, probably going into our sophomore year, maybe going into our freshman year. Uh, but he was very sick. Like he had lost so much weight. And then after that, you know, he started, he, you know, I went, you know, he had a, some, a couple of rough years there, but he got like, it was like weird that he had his little, you know, time of trials and tribulations so early on. Yeah. Cause he like, you know, like at the age of like 18, you know, he was, I knew he had his finance, like we're in high school. He's got like his money in order. He's already, he's already insanely ripped again. You know, he, like, it was like weird because he had like his life. It seemed like was like, he was figuring it out at an early age, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so that was always cool. So like spending time with him, like, obviously, like, I, I mean, I remember always going to him and be like, you know, I'm 17, 18 talking to him about stocks and like what he does and things like that. Um, so I think for the most part, that was how I, I did it in high school. Like it was with the people I spent time with. And then once I got into college, and I credit a lot of this to to Hillsdale, but they really encourage writing. They encourage reading. Everybody has to take, I can't remember the exact name of the class, but like Western philosophical tradition, everybody has to take Western theological tradition. So you're reading all these texts that are, are kind of turning you inward forcing you to think about some things that are, you know, uncomfortable, forcing you to look at your own life and, and to challenge you. So I, I'm thinking it's a, probably a lot of that is what sparked it. And I, I wasn't doing it. I mean, probably the first two years I was just reading them to read them to, you know, do okay on the classes. But then after that, that moment where, or that time where I felt my anxiety and my OCD, um, had issues with, I think that I started to take them more seriously and started to read on my own and started trying to figure things out, you know, figure out maybe what I'm doing wrong, figure out how I can improve myself, how I can feel better when I wake up in the morning.
but I think, you know, it probably wouldn't have happened as much had I not had that those first year, the first year or two of Hillsdale kind of like challenging me in that way already. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's probably, probably what led up to it. Um, that answers the question. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it's interesting that because we're talking about like self-reflection, it sounds like Hillsdale mm. kind of like put you into that mode and oh yeah, hundred those fundamental questions that really like transform your life and who you want mm. to be. So I'm curious, like something that I've noticed with your podcast is you talk about mm. faith a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. so, like, is that something that's always been a part of your life and how has that helped you on your journey? Yeah, um, I'm interested to, after I answer to hear your uh, your side of things because um, yeah. I know we talked about that a little while ago. Um, so growing up, went to you know went to Catholic mass probably until the time I was 12, and then we stopped going for whatever reason. I think there was you know just issues with how you know and the like the hierarchy with the Pope and things like that. Um, so then we stopped going, and. Uh, and then it was kind of a back and forth for a number of years. Like, I feel like, you know, at that point, I'm like, oh, sweet, I don't have to wake up Sunday. And now I have more time on my weekends to play video games or hang out with friends or anything like that. And then I got to high school and some friends were going to youth group. So I started going with them. And I really did enjoy that. I think that was pretty helpful. Then ended up stepping away probably into my senior year. I don't know if I was that I just got busy. Um but I, it wasn't that I wasn't thinking about it. It's just like, to me at that time, I didn't prioritize it or anything like that. And then I got to Hillsdale and although it's not a Christian school, a majority of the people there are, are religious in a number of different ways. I mean, pretty much all Christian, but you know, you get a whole bunch of different denominations and um, a lot of people, I mean, people are just like talking about, you know, their points of view and you know what they grew up believing because i mean you got people from like the south like my roommate was from texas so he was baptist so he he has like a different idea than than like the catholics so it was always interesting to hear their conversation but to me it was i didn't really engage in it um i think i always i had questions with it over a number of years i had i don't want to say problems with it but like there were points where i like really struggled with any kind of belief and then there were points where, like, I really wanted to believe, but I felt that I didn't. I remember one point, this was the dumbest thing I probably ever thought, that I was like, oh, no, like, you know, I'm little, little, like, think I'm probably think I'm smart. I'm like, oh, I don't even need, like, I don't, there's no way that's even physically possible. <laughs> and then, you know, I get, like, definitely, like, some, I definitely get humbled probably, like, uh, soon after that. Oh, my yeah. God, I'm so dumb. I don't know why I thought I would just, like, outsmarted all this religion, you know, all this. <laughs> um but then um, I think I just saw, you know, I, I don't know if like what the exact reasoning was, but like the people at Hillsdale are just very, very good people. And I could tell how they, they all took their religion. And I don't mean this in the sense that they were like following their, you know, the rules, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments and all the, the rules like down to a T. But all the people there were it seems like taking it seriously in the sense that they were trying to actually improve their lives and recognize that there was some kind of objective truth that they could work towards, that they could aim at. And I think I, I, I really 
like in the back of my mind, like even when I think of the podcast, like there's obviously something we're aiming at. And I think that kind of aligned with what the Christian doctrine talks about. So then there was just that random weekend or that my buddy was going to church. He would go every Sunday. I was like, hey, man, do you mind if I just like tag along? So I ended up going with him and I really started to enjoy it, started reading the Bible again. And I think it was mostly like the person of Jesus that really, really intrigued me. It wasn't so much, you know, again, about the rules and things like that, but like taking it from like a personal development perspective, almost like this man literally lived like the perfect life, right? Like he, he had, but he had all these issues. Like I think of the garden that gives Gethsemane, if, I, if I'm saying that correctly, where, you know, he knows he's about to die. He knows he's about to be crucified. And he literally asks the Lord, like, if you can, please take this cup from me so that I don't have to do this, so that I don't have to drink this and go through this process. But then after that, he says, but your will be done. Like that, like, it was just like, that blows my mind. Like this man still struggled with these things and still continued to go through with them and still confronted all these uncomfortable, horrible situations, you know, getting mocked, getting sentenced to death, um, having his people betray him. And he still did the right thing. Like, to me, that's like the ultimate sense of personal development. So I would say in that sense, I try to be religious. Or I, I would consider myself religious. I try to go to church. Yeah, right now I'm working until four in the morning on Saturdays. We're getting home from the bar. So it's not happening right now. I'll be honest. I think the last time I went was during Christmas. But I, I you know, I... I really appreciate that side of things. I appreciate, like, like I know you and I talked about the the relationship. I do have some, I don't, I don't want to say problems with because I know I have problems in my own life that I could address. But I, I have every time I go to the church, like go to church, there, there are just I'm just not comfortable. Like, not that, not in the sense that I don't want to be there, but there's just things that don't align with my the way that I think about it. Yeah. So, um. I know I should go in the long run. I know we talked about being a part of, you know, maybe a guys group or like a community. I know that I would like to take my kids to something like that, um, to some kind of church, some kind of mass, whatever denomination, whatever it is. I think it's beneficial. Um, but personally at this time, I just struggle with, uh, with some things and I won't get into the details of that, but you know, every night I pray, uh, every morning I wake up and think of things that I'm thankful for. I try to reflect on the Bible. I try to take that seriously, especially, you know, the teachings of Jesus. And, uh, and I try to like, I mean, ultimate, like that's the ultimate vision to me of personal development. And I think that's why I think of it in the sense of the podcast, like that is the goal. That's what you're supposed to work towards. And, you know, there really are no exceptions to that. Like that's like the perfect, you know, human being. And that's what we should strive for. So I think that's how I kind of, maybe unintentionally I wasn't you know that's like how I think of it in the podcast like we're we're all trying to do something and to me that's what it was directed at was at you know Jesus and um in that sense if that makes if that is clear at all yeah no it is and uh I was actually talking to a friend and he was talking about Jesus as well and he was saying how he's just like the perfect role model and like, 100% to what you were saying like he does the right thing when he's going through all of these trials and tribulations and he still puts his faith in the higher power and mm -hmm. he's just an example of, you know, what, 
what um, you can be and mm -hmm. go through all of these hardships in your own life. But there is a bigger purpose to it. If you just put one foot in front of the other and you continue to do the right thing and you don't go down this path of trying to uh, do it the easy way or maybe cheat, mm -hmm. just break some rules there and sin. Um, right. You know, I actually, my uncle said that uh, sinning is fun at first and then it catches up to you. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So um, yeah, it never works out in the long run. So you might as mm -hmm. well find that good role model and live mm -hmm. up that way. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, for me, I mean, I like the idea of having it as a relationship because mm -hmm. I'm like with you, like I feel weird if like I go into a church or something and that's always been my perception of it. My mom is always Christian and she really tried to like put me into that and put me in like the, the day school with the kids and even some of mm -hmm. like the, the regular preaches and um, none of it just really like resonated with me. And it wasn't until recently, like three weeks ago, I got my Bible for the first time. And it's kind of like because that I'm seeing all of these people that I admire and I'm meeting new people as I'm growing. And there's a common denominator with everybody. They all right. have And, you know, it's something like, well, that's interesting. Like maybe I just have like a, a different view on it than I should. And maybe I can learn something new and just have an open mind. And so that's what I've been doing for all mm. of the year, like 2023 is just having an open mind. And I have my Bible now. I have this book called Jesus Calling. So that's uh, a nice like summary each day. You get like a passage and you can read. So I'm doing that. Yeah. Every day and it's just a good thing to meditate on throughout the day and just give me like guidance. And a lot of it talks mm. about how God is with you throughout all of your challenges, all of your struggles. Mm -hmm. and when you're feeling down or you're just not feeling right, like just think of God and know that he's with you and that presence mm -hmm. will lift you up. Like he, he's always loving. He always cares for you. He's always supportive. You know, if you feel like you don't have anyone in your life, like I feel like that's where it becomes very helpful because you are never right. alone in sense and you don't need to go to a church necessarily. Like it's great to have that community and, Mm -hmm. you want to find one that aligns with you for sure mm -hmm. but if you don't have that right now you have the book you have the word and right. it's just you and him in that relationship so that that's where i've been finding uh or just leaning into the faith more and incorporating it into my life so it's been it's been really helpful and i'm glad that i'm mm -hmm. finally open enough to uh be able to do this Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, man. That's crazy. Especially, like, yeah, it's like, it's always weird. You know, I feel like, uh, I, I feel like that's what it almost, it should be. Not that it has to be, but it's cool that, uh, you know, when you're coming into it on your own, rather than just like a dogma, you know, like this dogma that you've just been told since you were a kid, you know, you're like confronting it after you know, what seems to be like some kind of doubt or just like an absence of it. So like, to me, that's more, that's like a very real sense of it as well. You know, like, cause to me, I think that was part of the issue with church is there were things that I'm like, okay, whether it's not even getting into the sense of like 
did this event actually happen? But there are just things that, I mean, like, that's a whole side of things. But then just, like, questioning, you know, what this all meant and, like, but doesn't that bother you? Things like that. Um, so I feel like part of the church was would kind of, and I'm not saying every church, but, like, sometimes those kinds of things get glossed over. Um, so it's cool to see you, like, come, you know, like, trying to, like, work through those Um and like you said, keeping an open mind, because there's, there's obviously gonna, and I gonna, you know, it's like there's gonna be parts that you struggle with. There's probably gonna be parts that you disagree with. Um, so it's cool to see you like coming at it from that way, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, and one of the things that has helped me that might help someone else out there is for Lent, like, because me, I'm always devil's advocate with everything. Like, did mm. this actually happen, or just mm. like stuff like that? And so for Lent, I gave up my doubt. So instead of questioning everything, I'm just surrendering and accepting it. Right. And mm. I don't have to know all the answers, but I'm just, I don't want to say it's like I'm blindly following it because mm. that's not what I'm doing. But it's just like, okay, Dan, like you don't have to mm. be like this. Like you can just mm. take the good from it and continue moving. Right. You don't have to do mm. that back and forth with yourself. So uh, right. I hope that can help someone out there as well if they're kind of, struggling with it a little bit mm -hmm. yeah there was something that we talked about uh, at hillsdale in one of the books that we read but you can you know you can you can reason you can reason you can reason up only so far and then at some point there's a, there's a like a, a cliff or a separation and you have and then faith is on the other side where you almost you have to make that jump you know like reason is not going to get you to the answer yeah. um and i always thought you know I mean, to me, and you know, somebody might completely completely disagree with this, and that's okay. But I'm like, man, it's a it's a two thousand page book, and it's not trying to be his a historical text. Like, there's a lot in there. Like, I don't expect it to be able to answer everything. I don't expect to be able to have you know reach the conclusion by the end of my life where I'm like, oh no, it all makes sense. Right. Yeah. We're never always gonna have the answers, and that's what mm -hmm. life is about. Like, just enjoying the mm -hmm. journey and you know, living your life to your fullest. Moving along a little bit, um, I'm curious, what was the inspiration behind Ion Motive and what kind of like led you to bring that to life? Mm -hmm. um, hmm. I think for one, I really do enjoy trying to help people. Like I enjoy the aspect of personal development obviously. And I like trying to share what I've learned with others. Like I just started doing football coaching and uh, first I'm like, man, I don't really see, I feel like I don't really know a lot. You know, I've never actually like, cause I don't like the, the side of the game where you're studying the playbook, where you're watching film, like that part's not interesting to me really at all. But then I, you know, it's, it, I like, I realized that, okay, I've been through all of high school playing football I played it in college. Like there are things that I know that I can share with these kids and, and I enjoy doing that. So I think that was a big inspiration for the podcast. But to be honest, when I started it, I like don't know what I was like. I just started. I'm like, I feel like I got to do this. I mean, the first time I recorded a podcast, I, I literally think it was like five or six minutes. And I don't even know if it was that. And I kept recording it, deleting it, recording it, deleting it. And then I just posted it. Was super uncomfortable to do so but i just feel like i it, i felt like it was something i had to do but i i know i came up with kind of like a reasoning behind ion motive and i think it kind of relates to vision like 
okay, like Ion, obviously a playoff of Ian, uh, and then motive, like what charges you, what motivates you, what gets you up in the morning. So like you're having some kind of charged motive or like a charged reasoning for doing things. And in that sense, I don't think this was my plan originally, but after the fact, like that to me relates to vision. You know, what's your goal? What drives you? What gets you through? What's going to help you get through the difficult times? Like, what are you going to pursue at the end? I think that was most of it, but I know it's kind of, it's kind of weird because I like, I knew I wanted to do something in the personal development realm at some point, and I still want to. I'd like to do speaking at some point, but right, right now, writing is more appealing to me. So I'm kind of all over the place. And I think that seemed like a good outlet at the time. Like, okay, kind of like what we talked about with vision. I don't know really what I'm doing. I never have done a podcast. Also, it's, it's kind of a, it's a weird thing to start. Like it makes sense for you now. Like you've been doing this for a little bit. You've been doing this for a while. Like you, you're building, you're building this community and everything. Uh, I was just like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> you know, and I had no idea what I was doing. And then a lot, you know, a lot of people early on, uh, it was just like my mom listening to it. It was my dad. It was maybe my mom's friend who was like, Hey, you should, she was like, you should go listen to my son. Um, so unfortunately I don't have like, uh, I guess that's good. I want that. It's like we were talking about, you know, I, I didn't have like a moment where I was like, man, I need to do this. It was just like, all right, I'm just going to try it and see how it goes. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say it almost felt like a calling almost because that's what it was. Mm -hmm. for me. Um, mm -hmm. When I got diagnosed, I think I mentioned this on your podcast, but diagnosed in 2015. And then I was just in a deep recovery all the way up mm -hmm. until 2019. And I was like doing some uh, some little like taking pictures of my body transformation and stuff like that. But it wasn't until 2019 where I really came out and I just did this massive blog and it was just mm. the first four years of my health journey. And right. like, I was just putting all the pieces together, but it wasn't really about me at all. Like that's something mm. very vulnerable and insecure to share. Like the right. stuff on there, it's like, wow. <laughs> um, right. like picture of my entire colon that they cut out. Like it's uh, it's pretty detailed, but I just felt this calling to share my story with the world because one, I know that there's people out there with chronic conditions like Crohn's that I was in the hospital for a long time. Like I, I've seen these other people and I know mm -hmm. that they're still struggling out there. So if I could put something out there and really help them get through their journey, that was the biggest thing right there. But then secondly, like you may not be able, like you, you can't relate with Crohn's disease necessarily firsthand, but you have your own struggles. You have your own adversity and your hardship. And there was times where you felt like I couldn't do this and you just wanted to give up, but mm -hmm. seeing someone else get through a really tough situation and then coming out on the other side, it's like, that's inspiring. So mm -hmm. I, I wanted to be that beacon of hope for others. And just show that if you put your head down, if you don't give up on yourself, like you can get through it and stay positive. Like it's attainable, but you just have to keep going one foot in front of the other. So that like, I felt that it's calling to just, and I, I didn't have anything else going on after that. Like it was just the right. was it. So I had to like figure it out as I went. And that's where like EMG came into existence experience mm. plus mindset equals growth. And that's like the title of this podcast now, EMG transfer. Mm. So 
you just never know how things will like connecting the dots like when you look back and just how everything will work out so yeah. i guess it's just just to believe in yourself and take that step <laughs> yeah it is, it is crazy i love that well and i think that relates back to like what you're saying like you just kind of try something because the dots will connect and you like you, you can see that looking back you can't see that going forward sometimes but it's, it, I think it, it's weird too because I feel like uh, maybe this was part of the reasoning but if you're like engaging in that and you're like reading and you're spending all of this time on YouTube video you know listening to YouTube videos listening to speeches listening to podcasts and you, you can feel it benefiting your own life it's mm -hmm. kind of hard not to want to talk about it like it's kind of hard not to want to share it like it, it helps you so much maybe that I, i'm like i don't know if that was a reasoning for you i'm like may, i don't know if it was a reasoning for me but it was just like okay this is obviously beneficial i just feel like i need to talk about it more yeah like it's almost for me at least like i just dove into personal development in 2018 and i was just learning so much and for a while that's what nova fusion has been just like me mm -hmm. sharing my personal development journey and giving back all of these lessons that i've absorbed in books and podcasts and just all of these really good golden nuggets that have impacted me in a profound way. And it's just like, here, <laughs> like this can change your life too. Like I want to help you. Yeah. So something you mentioned about is like doing those hard things and staying consistent with exercising really like trains your resilient to do those hard things when mm. you want to do. And obviously that's a great skill to have to be able to do those hard things when you don't want to. And mm -hmm. To the gym you're not always going to want to go to the gym i don't want to especially at six oh months. yeah but like you feel better afterwards so i guess a question i have is what are some of your non-negotiable daily habits and routines that you use to stay mentally and physically fit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i you know i am um, kind of interesting because this might not be the exact answer you're looking for but one of the things that I find myself struggling with, and I talked about touching on this a little bit, but I'll go in great, greater detail now, is like not feeling present and not enjoying the moment. So honestly, I have, I, I, I wouldn't say I have like things I'm like, okay, pretty much every day I do this or like non-negotiables because I've, I've built up these habits of for so long. Like I've pretty much been working out probably three days a week at least since I was in eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, unless I was like the, the re I can think of like the exception of when I wasn't, I'm not, a, not maybe like two days a week right now with work, but like the exception was when I was working 55 hours a week doing landscaping. So like, okay, obviously not going to be lifting a whole lot at that time. Um, so now I'm almost at the point where I'm trying to give myself a bit more grace and enjoy it a little bit more, you know, like, I know that I could very quickly get into like, okay, this is what I have to eat every single day. I'm not eating any crap or I'm never going to have a drink of alcohol ever again in my life. So honestly, at this point, I'm trying to like kind of let myself just relax and feel a little bit more comfortable in the moment. So I think that's been beneficial. Like that takes a little stress away from it because it, it got to a point where it's like, okay, like now it, it's like hurting me more than it's doing good. And not, not that I'm like giving up working out or anything. Cause I'd say I still have these goals that I try to, that I try to reach. If it doesn't happen on Monday, it happens on Tuesday. That's okay. But I try to work out three days a week, every single week. And I, I honestly feel like 
like whether no matter what you do, like working out has to be a priority. And whether it's swimming, biking, lifting weights, it's just as good the mental as it is physical health. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to reflect. Um, so you've got to find something. So that's that's one of the things. In terms of yeah, then I think of like eating. Like I pretty much eat the same meal. I pretty much eat the same breakfast every day, and it's like I eat very very healthy. Like I make my own food. Even when I go out to eat, like I, if I go out to like, I'm, you know, this time's like, oh my God, the other day was a lot. I worked like, worked like 28 hours and two days over the weekend. So like, for a, I got out like 3.30 in the morning, McDonald's was the only thing open. I'm going to go with that. But, you know, I like, I'll have my scrambled eggs. I'll have my peanut butter toast with bananas, honey, and like these super seeds that are supposed to be super, you know, super good for you. Um, So I have like, I have like this routine that I get into. And it honestly, it just helps me stay on track. But I wouldn't say it's so much anything specific as it is just habits that I've built over years. So that's why I think I'm trying to give myself a little more, more grace. Because I know if I'm like, okay, if I take this weekend a little, you know, like on Easter, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to relax a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to eat a little more dessert. I had then it's not an issue. Like the next day, you know, like, so what is it? Today's Tuesday. So then yesterday, all right, I went and worked out. I went into work for a couple hours to have a meeting. Uh, I went home. I worked out. Came home. You know, went to my or went to my parents for a little bit. Ate a good dinner. I don't. So I don't have a like a non-negotiable in that sense, as much as it is uh, like habits. But I think at the at the time, you know, like early on, it probably was a non-negotiable. You know, like when when I first started working, I was like, no, this is what I got to do. When I first started eating healthy, there's like, this is how I'm gonna do it. And now it, I don't really think of it in that way. If that if that makes sense. Yeah, it sounds like you started with non-negotiables and then those turned into your habits. And now that's like your identity now. It's just who you are. <laughs> it's just what I do. Yeah. 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 As, what do you, I'm, I'm curious what you're, uh, like if there's anything like that for you. Yeah, for sure. Working out, um, that's like a big one, like three, three, five times a week, like whatever I can get. Journaling, that's like a cornerstone of mm-hmm morning and night even if it's just like a checklist of like what i have to do today and then i'll like reflect mm-hmm. on that night and i've been doing that since like 2018 so that's a big part of my life there and eating healthy obviously like i i cook most of my meals so okay something that's really important for me just with my condition and you know, I, uh, to be honest, I've been slacking on this ever since I got back from New York because I was sick <laughs> and like my body was just thrown off. But cold exposure, that's something mm. that just there's physical benefits to it. Um, mm. It's good for like cutting down inflammation, but the mental right. resilience, that's probably like the biggest thing. And it's like training yourself to do things you don't want to do, like going to yeah. and the more you do that, the more when life hits you with something serious. And like, for me, I relate cold exposure to getting intestinal blockages now, which is, it sounds crazy, but like, that's like the worst pain for me. And sometimes it'll put me in the ER. And Mm -hmm. what I do now is I just think of like, I'm in the cold water. I focus on my breath. I do these things that I need to do to help like pass everything. And I'm in like extreme discomfort, but I'm also calm and I'm not like chaotic and just like super stressed out, like because I'm training myself in the cold water. So 
that's um, something that has been really impactful for me these past I've been doing it more than two years, but I've really been stepping into it a lot more lately. So mm. that's something that I'd like to keep in my routine and not let it fall mm. off right now. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's crazy. I've tried to do like even like cold showers. I did it for a little bit and I just couldn't. I just was like, nope, I want to enjoy that. Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that is a hard thing to do. Yeah. And this actually follows my next question. Like we all experience tough times that are stressful and difficult to navigate. So how mm. do you manage your emotions during the storm and really like not give in to that pressure? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me, uh, I'm going to think about this one for a second. Hmm. Like, I, I think, I, I think about work right now the most, um, like there, there are just stressful situations that arise. And, um, I think the good thing is like, just based off of my temperament, like, and this is not being me being like, Oh, I have all my emotions under control or anything, but I've just like never been one to get angry. Like, I just know, like, I, I'm just like not how I'm wired. So that's like, that's obviously like very helpful. But again, that relates to the whole, I'm not confrontational, you know? So I, there's, there's, you know, there's two sides to everything. Usually it's, it's just kind of forcing yourself to slow down and, and just take a moment to pause, figure out what the plan is, like what you're going to do to make sure things go smooth as smooth as possible. It, uh, like it is very easy. Like there are a lot of times where I'm like, man, I do not want to do this at all. But like, I just know that it would be beneficial. So, you know, I'll take a second, kind of relax and, and get my emotions under control, get the stress under control, take a deep breath, think about how I'm going to do. And then you just got there really, unfortunately, like, you know, there's no easy way to, to, to get yourself to do it. Like you literally just have to go into it. A lot of times, like, you know, it's just going to be like, I know there's times where there are just problems at work where like, I just know going into it, it's going to be a tough day. Like what, there was a day the other day, um, probably three, four weeks ago, we were getting like really, really short on staff. And I, I was like worried that you know i don't know if, but like i thought we were gonna have to close for a couple of days because we couldn't get cooks or anything like that so there was a saturday that our, there was three guys cooking the whole restaurant was full then we also had a party of 50 going on in our our conference room off to the side so i ended up going back there and just cooking and i i, I don't know how to cook like i don't know how to cook to a restaurant i was like asking them like all right how do i make this mac and cheese like what do i got to put in it so a lot of it is just kind of, like you said, putting your head down and, ju- and just going. So I'd say in the moment, that's what you have to do. But then you're obviously going to be dealing with that stress for a little bit of time. You know, like even if you go home after that, you're it's still going to be on your mind or you're going to feel worn out physically from it. So I think that's a good time to to really try and relax. So, you know, I'll, that's when I, I don't do it. I'm, it's not like an everyday routine. But it's it's something that I do when I feel stressed. I'll I'll write. I'll just write down all of my thoughts. And for some reason, writing it, it just helps with. I, I I don't know if it's just because you're like to me like I think of it as like I'm literally getting these words out of my head and saying everything I need to say. Like it's just a way to vent for yourself. So I'll do that, and I think that that is like a reset. So then when I go in the next day or, you know, if it's whether it's work or not, I feel more relaxed again. Like it's kind of it kind of brings you back to baseline. And I think you also have to just find ways, again, with being present to kind of like take yourself out of the situation. 
like work is going well, but I find myself thinking about it a lot of times when I don't have to be. So I, I will literally force myself to slow down. Like I don't want like I don't really watch a whole lot of TV, but I, I've been like doing that a little bit more lately just to try and take my mind off of things or I'll put my phone down for a little while. You know, like I always check our sales. Like I'll, I'll pull up my phone to see how the bars do. And I'm like, I'm doing this like six, seven times a night. Like I don't need to. Like I, I can see them in the morning. So I try to find ways to distance when I'm not there. And then when I'm there, I really try to give myself, I try to give myself as fully as I possibly can, you know, but I try to kind of almost disconnect the two, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I guess I journal so much because I'm always stressed. (laughs) 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 No, but um, something that really stood out is like slowing down. I love that you said that because when we're in the storm and I know this Mm. from my personal experiences when you make that emotional rash yeah. it mm. always backfires every single time mm. like i lost like 800 bucks from getting scammed on crypto because i was like <laughs> emotional <laughs> like, right. mm. I, like i thought like someone got into my stuff and it's like you need to do this now and i did it now and i shouldn't have done it now so mm-hmm. taking that moment to really just slow down and Mm. in that present moment and make that calculated decision it's so important and when we're in it it's one of the hardest things to do so yeah get a cue somehow to like like remind yourself like okay i'm Mm. right now like slow down just breathe like however you do that but it's so important and i'm really glad you touched on that Mm. yeah it's especially tough when you're in an environment where everybody else is stressed too you know, if you're working on a common goal, like you have to, yeah, like, you know, that's something that like the cue is, is really important. You know, uh, that's something you have to kind of think about beforehand. Like, what am I going to do when I, I, when I encounter this situation? Like I think of, um, I might not be saying the exact one, but like exposure therapy, you know, like when you start feeling fear before they, before you do exposure therapy, they'll teach you a technique that helps calm you down. So, you know, they, they expose you to something a little bit and then you start getting anxious and then you go back to the technique that they taught you and that helps calm you down. So you almost need something like that. I feel, I think that would be beneficial, but yeah, when you're, when you're in a group like that, you have to, you know, somehow find a way to be like the voice of reason almost. Yeah. It's cause like you can manage your own emotions and you can have your own like tool. You can't really manage someone else or you may be able to like, you can tell them what to do, but like, doesn't mean they're going to listen. So being able to get through and just like collaboratively, I'm not going (laughs) to collaboratively um, like work together and manage those stress times. Like that's a totally different ball game. So how are we doing on time? Do you have like 15, 20 more minutes or do you got to I'm good, man. Okay. Nope. I'm good. Okay, because I got a couple questions to wrap things up, and I wanted to make sure I get to them. So one of the things that with talking about mental health is being vulnerable, and mm. that's something that's hard for men, like especially just oh yeah, the mental stigma around that. So mm. can you just like talk about that and why why men should be more in tune with their emotions and not feel like not feel less of themselves when they do open up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I won't get into this part uh, as much, but I, I think of, there was a, uh, I remember seeing this and it was, 
somebody said that it was God's way of giving us permission almost, but there there's a Bible verse. I can't remember which one it, it is, but it literally is just Jesus wept. And so it's like, okay, this perfect person is literally like this perfect man. Yeah. is literally like crying. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so, you know, this is, this is kind of how I think of it. Um, like, you know, obviously being kind of like the silly example, but like, oh, men shouldn't cry or anything like that. Like I think of pretty much every other situation um, where you're, you're in coming coming in to, to do something, like facing something difficult and you don't want to do it. Like, like I said, like, okay, I'm not a confrontational person. There are times where I have to be like, it's a lot easier. And there are plenty of times where I, I don't do it. You know what I mean? Like I back away. And then later I'm thinking, oh my God, I should have just done that. Like, you know, yeah. it, it's like a constant, constant battle. So for me, that's like, that's a bridge I have to cross. That's an uncomfortable thing that I know I should be doing. And when it comes to men being vulnerable, to me, that's the same thing. Like it is a very, very difficult thing to tell somebody how you're feeling, to let your, you know, kind of let all of your feelings out. Like it's a bridge you have to cross. It is an uncomfortable, courage, like to do so is a courageous act. You know, just backing away. Like the, the, to me, that's no different than, oh, me not having a hard conversation. It's It's the same as like me backing away because I don't want people to see that. I'm crying. I don't want people to think that I'm weak when in reality, that is the hardest thing to do. It, yeah. it is a difficult thing to show yourself to, to, to just let it all out. Um, and I, unfortunately, I don't know if there's, I don't have, I'm sure, you know, I, I don't have the answers as to how you, you let that happen. Like, it's just a thing you have to do a uh, thing you have to work on, but like, I am very comfortable now and I don't know when or why this started. But like I cry pretty often. Like I'll just be like if I'm at a I'm at a funeral that for somebody I don't even know, I'll I'll just start like I'll start crying. Um when I was at my sister's wedding, and this was weird because so I was the minister for her wedding. I was like the one to, you know, do the uh, the ceremony. I wasn't stressed at all. I wasn't nervous. I went up and did it and everything went well. I walked back down the aisle and, you know, we were kind of, everyone was giving hugs and everything. I just started, I like, this is the last time I like sobbed. Like, I don't even know what came over. Like it was just all of a sudden it just hit me. So I think, you know, you have to view it that way. Like it is a courageous thing to do. It is an act of, uh, of strength. It's not an act of weakness. It's, you know, it's weak not to be your full self. It's weak not to be, you know, willing to to do what's right for you. I don't want to say weak, like in the sense that, oh, you're not doing good or, or you're like a small human being because you're not crying. But like, that's what we should work to is being open and, and being strong. And that's also, you know, other people need that. Other people need to see that as well. So I think you got to think of it that way too. Yeah, I think you just nailed that. Like, it is one of the strongest things that you can do is ask for help, uh, share mm -hmm. your feelings and- right nobody is superman and that's actually the thing that like really connects us together when we go through those troubles or when we have flaws mm. like, we have those insecurities like someone else out there can relate with how you're feeling and maybe you guys can work together and overcome that together um right and that mm. takes strength and courage there to like just ask for help to do that so i think uh i just love that you mentioned that because it's such a it's such an important topic and I feel mm. like now like we're almost as lonely as ever and we feel like we just mm. can't reach out and right and though we're 
as connected as we've ever been with phones and everything, it's it's the stigma that we need to overcome. So to really right. like the perspective to know that it is a strength and people aren't gonna look down or negative on you for having whatever issue, like with me and Crohn's, like that was the biggest insecurity label mm. that like you could ever put on me. And now mm. I'm embracing it and that's one of my strengths. And that's why right. people connect with me because they it's inspiring like to do something like that. So mm. just the more you step out into your true self, like you said, that's true strength. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be uh everything at you once, know, you know, it, it's with like work goal, like you're gonna just be like to pour out your life story on somebody it's, just, it's like a, it's like little steps over time you know and then it just it's just something you get used to like you said you just embrace it and you become comfortable with it yeah yeah so there's a quote that i love that goes character is destiny i feel like this is something that you might kind of like follow in your realm um mm-hmm. it reminds me of stoicism and i feel like it suggests that fate is uh, well, your fate of your future is determined by you rather than those external circumstances. And we always have control of our character, which means that we direct our destiny. So do mm-hmm. you have recommendations to strengthen your character? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing, and I think this is why I think like the Bible or like Jesus is so important. Like you have to recognize like what good character actually is like. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like, you know, everybody, it's, everyone knows you should be kind. Okay. Everybody knows there's, you know, you, you know, should help out others when you can, but there, there, there are certain aspects that to me really were kind of surprising with like character. Obviously, you know, first of all, let's just preface this with saying like, nobody's perfect. I don't, I'm not trying to be like, this is how you should live your life. Cause I, like I said, like I mess up plenty of times. I, I encounter situations where I know I should act and that it would be a good act of my character. And I don't, you know? Um, but I think of like two, I think of a couple different scenarios. Um, so like one with like Jesus, like he literally says you should do, you should be willing to go to your death, like pay the ultimate price to do the right thing. You know, like that's that's kind of a challenge. Like that doesn't, you know, I don't want to, like, you know, I don't want to go get crucified to to carry out the will of God. Like that doesn't sound enjoyable to me. But you know, ultimately, like that's the standard that is being set. So that kind of, that that was always something like I try to work through. And unfortunately, I don't think there's an easy answer to work through that. Like that's just something that you just kind of have to accept. Like you have to be willing to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and be willing to be mocked, be willing to stand alone if it's what you believe is right. Um, the other, one of the other things that I think about, uh, Jordan Peterson talks about this, Carl Jung talks about this, but the idea of having to be almost like a monster in a sense. Yeah, being courageous or being kind is a good part of character, but there's also times where you kind of have to like put your foot down and, and stand up for yourself or stand up for others and do things that, you know, maybe on the surface look mean to put it simply or look like controlling or overbearing like there are times where like if somebody's doing something to you or somebody is you know hurting you or acting you know doing some kind of injustice to you and i just let it slide like that's a reflection on me like that's me not acting out as, as i should like i that's when it's time to step up and, and stop that from happening so that's kind of interesting because that's a sense of character we don't really talk about as well 
So you kind of got to first think of what character actually is. And obviously, you know, people are going to have different views because, you know, then you get Jesus who says, turn the other cheek and just let things, you know, you know. So it, it is kind of, uh, it's figuring out what it is. And then I think recognizing where you're falling short and, and taking steps. Like for me, I, I think it's pretty obvious. Like I know where I'm falling short. Like, you know, you, we all seem to know what we're, we're not doing. Um, yeah. and if you don't, you know, that's one, one of the things that Jordan Peterson says, I've seen it in plenty of videos where he's like, sit on your bed and ask yourself, what am I doing to F up my life? Like, what am I doing that I, sh what am I not doing or what am I doing incorrectly that I need to fix? So it's getting an idea of character and then figure out where you're falling short. I'm sure you've heard this, but the word, I think the, the, I can't remember if it's the Greek or the Latin word for sin. It's like an archery term. Okay. It's I don't a, it's a, it, oh, okay. So it's something about, I, I'm probably, I'm botching this explanation, but it's something about like to sin means to miss the mark, to miss yeah. the target. So it's kind of interesting. Like, where am I missing the mark? Where am I, you know, where is my aim off? And then again, putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations, embracing what you're doing wrong. Like, let yourself feel it. Let you, cause it's like, it's uncomfortable to be like, man. I am not doing this right. Like I, I, I try to, I try my best to like let myself feel that. Like I try to like, in a sense, let myself feel a little bit of guilt to try and drive me forward. And I'm not being like, okay, I beat myself up for all the little things that I don't do. Like I'm not saying, I'm not saying torture yourself because again, no one's ever going to be perfect. But to me, when we're talking about personal development, that's, that's what you got to do. You got to be willing to, sit with that for a little while and then figure out how you're going to overcome those, you know, overcome that sin, get rid of those nasty old habits that you have to, to try to be a better person. Yeah, no, that that's really good. First, like the role models are find out what good character is. And one mm -hmm. way that is having good role models and studying mm -hmm. them. And if you can't mm -hmm. ask them how to like, how they do certain things or what their habits are, like, just find out what they're doing to be who they are. And you can absorb mm -hmm. all of those qualities, whether it's from Jesus, whether it's from Jordan Peterson, like whoever. Right. And that's the thing, like you can pick and choose, like who I think is a great role model, you might think is like trash. Right. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So that's like where we all come in with our individuality and we can mm -hmm. just be unique. And then another point that you said is identifying your weaknesses. So then you can like build that up. So like, what are some things that maybe you have like a, a temper that like something just always triggers you and mm. you kind of just like lose it. So if you know that, if you have the awareness, then maybe you can think about that more and not be triggered next time. And then that will, mm. that will strengthen your character and then help your relationships. You're not like snapping on someone and you're right. more human being at that point. So mm. I think those those two for sure points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the point that you brought up about like like you you know studying philosophy, studying you know like stories are a good way to see. Uh, like I know there's literally people do like case studies of. I have a book called like a case for character or something something along those lines, and it literally is just twelve different stories where people had to do you know act. Uh, you know like had to like kind of like go through these situations and it kind of explains like the character that that went along with it so it's almost too knowing beforehand what you would do like yeah. i think it's like the 
prudence is you know, like the ability to like see and like think about what's going to happen. I think that's an important aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So one last question before we wrap things up, we're going a little long. Mm. I think okay. it's an awesome episode. So it's like, oh yeah, there's no time limit on my podcast. So like, right. if we keep going, we keep going. My question is, what would you say if you could talk to a younger Ian who felt mm. lost and just didn't know how to like manage his anxiety? What mm. guidance would you give yourself? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let me think about that for a minute. I always love these questions. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, this, these are the ones you can't think about beforehand, you know. <laughs> um, let me see. I'd probably tell myself something similar to what I would tell myself right now, which is that, you know, you don't always have to be like, you don't have to stress yourself out over the fact that you're trying to do your best. Like I, you know, I always am beat. I, I do have a, I wouldn't say it's like negative self-talk and, but you know, I have, I try to reach these standards that are always climbing higher and higher and, I think I it's I would tell myself like take the time to recognize like you know I'm not always like the best person but I know that I'm like absolutely trying as best as I can be to be the best version of myself so like give yourself some grace in that sense yeah uh, I'm th I would say that and then honestly just like enjoy it a little bit more it's okay like it is okay to relax like it is okay to you know take take your foot off the gas for a few minutes um soak it in don't let yourself be uh as connected with everything all the time like take some time to do some things for yourself so take some time to relax and uh just enjoy it you know because like like i said like I, I thought i wanted to be here five years ago and now i'm here and now i want to be five years from now so like just live in the moment a, a little bit more yeah and that's something i'm trying to do too is give myself more mm. grace. and i was actually talking to a friend and uh like, I, I just felt like a little stressed and overwhelmed with everything going on. And he he's asking me why and stuff. And I was just, I put a lot of pressure on myself, similar to you. And mm. it's like, I have these goals and results that I want. And obviously, they're not quite there yet. And like, mm. I, every day, I'm pushing myself to get there. And like, I don't really take that many breaks, even though I have this condition and I have to manage my health. Like, there's a lot. Right. And he was just like, he gave me this perspective and he goes, dude, when I was 24, I just got out of a hospital and couldn't walk. You're light years ahead of me. And I'm just like, yeah, geez. like when you really think about that, like so many successful people started when they were 30, when they were 40, like there's no time mm. limit on your success. And something that he said was it's God's time and you just got to mm -hmm. like keep going and navigate your journey. And mm -hmm. I don't know, but it just gave me this deep perspective that, you know, you're at where you're at right now. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a good place. Like there's always room for improvement. So right. don't feel bad about yourself. Like you can always keep going forward. And that's mm -hmm. something that helped me. And it sounds like it's uh, similar for you. <laughs> yeah, I do like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before I let you go, like, let us know how we can support you. Um, you got the podcast on motive. Mm -hmm in the show notes below but yeah like if you got anything else going on or something that you're looking forward to 
let us know how we can support. Yeah. Um, hmm. So yeah, I got the podcast. Um, that's on most of the platforms. So you can, uh, you can check that out. Um, uh, I have an Instagram and a Facebook. I haven't done a lot much with it lately. Um, just been focused on work. I'm not even gonna be like, Oh, I don't have time for it. Just, just prioritizing other things. I would like to get back to that at some point, but the episodes are all up there. If you ever want to come to the draft, feel free to stop in. We'll cook yeah. you a burger. <laughs> but, uh, I think other than that, that's pretty much good for, for right now. So, Okay, awesome, man. Uh, well, you might get some uh, burger flipping going on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Ian, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and being vulnerable to share your story. You are a role model and beacon of hope for society, and I'm grateful to have you as a friend. So thanks for joining us today, and congratulations on getting engaged. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. It was a great time uh, being on this podcast. I know I was going to say that at the beginning. I'm like, man, should I just like wait a little bit? I'm like, I don't know if there was going to be a point. I should have just said it. Uh, but yeah, no, honestly, that was uh, like it was weird. Like after it happened, I like was in like shock. And then like four or five days later, like finally hit me where I was like, man, this is awesome. Um, so yeah, happily engaged right now. But yeah, this was a great time, Dan. You know, very thankful to have you as a friend. I'm glad we, uh, you know, even if it, like, again, we haven't even really seen each other in person, we still connect this way. So yeah, thanks. I know this podcast is going to do really, really well. I'm excited to hear the uh, the other ones too. Thank you, man. And yeah, look forward to your, your success and uh, wishing you guys a lifetime of happiness together. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of EMG Transformations. You never know how one valuable insight can make such a big impact. Please leave a five-star review if this episode had a positive impact on you. And don't be shy to screenshot and share episodes on social that you found helpful so we can spread the message and make the world a better place. You never know who may need to hear and the impact it has on them too. We're only scratching the surface. There's so much more to learn. Subscribe and stick around to manage stress, improve your health, and create lasting lifestyle changes. We'll see you next time on EMG Transformations.